for comfort at this time. We pray for Liz and Amber and Jen. <laughs> I nearly forgot you. I said, hey. <laughs> you can tell I'm a Spaniel fan. I should have bought our Spaniel. It would have been, it would have been chaos. There would have been, dog there would have been dog fights. But Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, in, in life and in death, you are part of it all. And you are there with us and you comfort us. And so we pray today as we celebrate Colin's life that we just uh, acknowledge that you are with us. And so we rejoice. We rejoice today. And we sing and we start off by singing this amazing song. The song of your grace and your mercy which finds us your great love for us. So let's stand and sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound.
You may be seated. Just going to ask Steve Wiley just to open the betting and start off with a eulogy to, to Colin. Well, good morning, everybody. That as well. I, I got the time of the day wrong. At least I know Jen's part of the family. Let me begin, begin by saying a very warm thank you to each and every one of you for being here and helping us celebrate the life of Colin Green. It was a great privilege for me when my own aunt turned around and said to me, would I please speak for the family today? Auntie Liz wants this to be a celebration of the life of her husband of more than 50 years, so that's exactly what it is. But who was this Colin Green? Who was this Uncle Cole as I knew him? Colin Albert Green was born on the 12th of April, 1933, in Lancashire, England. He was the older brother to John, and they lived on the banks or very close to the Manchester Canals. I can remember Uncle Cole talking about how he and his brother John used to watch the dogfights, the aerial displays, when the RAF was sorting out the German Luftwaffe and their attempts to bomb the canals. I didn't know that he and his brother went out and they took the parachutes of the airmen who had abandoned their planes and they used them to make clothes. They used the silk in the parachutes to make clothes. Even at a very early age, Uncle Cole was a very keen sportsman. While still in England, he played soccer and got selected to play for the Manchester United. Sorry, this thing, can I move it back a bit? Played for the Manchester United Juniors. Thanks, Sal. He also played cricket and got selected to play for the Lancashire school's um, county team. It was in 1948, at the ripe old age of 14, that he and his family moved here to South Africa. Hello, Joe. He still kept up his sporting activities. To the soccer and cricket I've already mentioned, he added boxing, judo, softball, ice hockey, for which he got South African colors. He got his springbok blazer. And he also used to race go-karts and got selected to, uh, or went all the way to the national finals uh, with his go-kart racing. In his 85 years, and that's a long time, in his 85 years, sports was still a significant part of who Colin was. And he particularly loved IPL cricket and motor car racing Formula One. In 1964, this young sportsman's attention was attracted by something other than sports. A young lass by the name of Elizabeth Holmes 
He was clearly devoted to her because it took him three times, uh, three different proposals, before he was able to, on this very day, on the 18th of May in 1965, announce his engagement. And they were married in, on the 18th of December of the same year. Uncle Cole had a huge spirit of adventure. And so, having persuaded this young lady to marry him, he took her on honeymoon to Montessorsus. There he would climb up the chain ladders without using any hands. Auntie Liz looked at this lot and looked at everybody else going up and down the ladders and clearly the fear that rang them as they held onto the ladders with both hands was sufficient for her in her sensible state to make sure that she wasn't going to climb them at all and watch the proceedings from the ground. Just short of two years later, on the 2nd of July, 1967, Alexander James Green entered the world. Al, or later as he was drinking, I'm known, AJ. Was joined on the 17th of November, the following year, 1968, <laughs> by Amber. I mean, Jennifer. <laughs> Christabel Green. Their little family was complete. A few years later, in 1973 to be precise, the otherwise peaceful home of the Greens at 110 Young Smuts was invaded by two wily boys. Al and my brother Paul became best of friends. They became inseparable. And the two of them managed to terrorize not only the homes of the, 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 of the two families, but the entire neighborhood between them. Uncle Cole's love for toys is the thing that books are made of, especially his love of cars and motorbikes. And young Alex needed no encouragement, but his father made sure that the dirt bike that he had was always primed and ready to go, and there was always my brother Paul to make sure that there was an occasion for them to go out. That motorbike was the cause of what I nearly witnessed, a murder of Uncle Cole by Auntie Liz. In addition to their two children, Uncle Cole was a father figure to a number of other kids, namely Dennis, Craig who's here today, Lynette, Belinda, Patricia, Heine and Carol. Now they say, whoever they are, that the only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. Now if they, somebody said correct. <laughs> now if they are correct, then I must say that Uncle Colin graduated because he had every toy imaginable known to man. In fact, he had to get a special road permit to take all his toys annually because there was the boat, which was put on behind the caravan, behind the car, 
every year as they moved to Wagon Drift Dam for their site and their annual visit at Christmas. It was in the 1970s that Uncle Cole began to explore a relationship with the Lord. And in 1978, a rather brash American by the name of Calhoun Johnson visited South Africa and shook the paradigms of this very English man. Uncle Cole may have done the Lord, but he did not do church. But he did do home group. He did do life church. As long as it was at the Wiley life group and as long as nobody woke him up every week when he went to go and sleep there. Uncle Cole was never a demonstrative dad, but there was nothing he wouldn't do for his two children. In later years, Al decided he was going to buy a property in Langabon. Uncle Cole thought nothing of getting into his car, and over the course of one weekend, drive from Durban to Langabon and back to check the property out before giving Al the okay if he wanted to buy the property. 3,000 kilometers one weekend was not a problem for Uncle Cole. Uncle Cole was devoted to AJ, to Al. Alex was his mirror image, and if you look at the photographs behind me, you'll understand exactly what I mean. Alex was Colin's little mini-me. On August 31st, 1994, news hit the family that Alex had been killed in a freak accident in Mozambique. Uncle Cole's world was shattered. He'd lost his shadow. His story did not end there. He was still a wonderful father to Jen and Amber, the devoted husband to Auntie Liz. It was he who would say to Auntie Liz, go to bed, I'll wait up for Jen. He would also make sure that Jen never got into a car that was not roadworthy. I mean, cars were his toys. And Jen was not allowed to get into one that wasn't 100% roadworthy or spick and span. While his spirit might have been strong, he found himself in the latter years fighting his body. In 2002, he had a heart attack and was told he had cancer. He continued to fight that battle until the 15th of May this year. Battle which his body finally won. And Uncle Cole, in the process, received his promotion. His 85 years were long. They were rich. They were filled with people who loved him and filled of people whom he loved. He was a husband to a wonderful aunt, the best aunt any guy can ever hope for, that's me, for 52 years. And he was a great dad to his two fantastic children. 
Uncle Cole, you will be missed. And I'd like to thank him for the wonderful memories. Thank you. What a life. What a life to celebrate. What a life to be part of. I remember my father joined the Wiley Home Group, the Wiley Home Cell. And uh, my dad joined, a, joined that group when I think when he was well into his 70, I think he was probably 72 or 73. And Colin and, uh, and Jack had an affinity for each other. Colin really enjoyed Jack and Jack enjoyed Colin. Just amazing the, the life, life gets thrown and we get thrown into different circumstances. And it was my dad at 72 gave his life to Jesus and ended up in that home group, in that home cell. And, uh, yes, Colin did fall asleep often. But, uh, as Steve said, the, the, the life was turned upside down when the, that preacher came into town. And I think at every memorial service, at every celebration of life, we actually need to look at the scriptures and look at the hope. Because as we, if you look at your pamphlets and you see the year that he was born, I think it was 1933, 85 years is represented by that little dash. And it's a small dash. But it was filled with uh, lots of love, lots of life, lots of toys, sorrow, pain. And that's our lives on earth. I think if you looked at your life and looked at my life and we had a look at it and we would see that that's what life throws at us. When I went to see Liz on the, a couple of days ago, somebody had shared with her Psalm 23, and we all know that Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down by green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. And I love the, the last couple of verses. It said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's our destiny. That's our destiny is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we look at scripture, we just see that Jesus came that we might have life. That we we might have life in its fullness and its abundance. In fact, in John 3.16, what does he say? He said, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And eternal life is much more than, it's not eternity, it's actually much more than that. Yes, it is forever. And so that dash that we live on this earth is very short and very quick. But we live with God for eternal, eternal life. In the house of the Lord forever. That's where we live forever. We live with Him. 
One of my favorite scriptures at, 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 at celebration of life services is this one. is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to read it from the message. For instance, when we, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what is ahead. He put a little heaven in our hearts so that we will never settle for less. That's why we live with such good cheer. You don't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. Isn't that a wonderful picture of our future life? When these tents, when these bodies are wrapped up and we are given new resurrection life. And that is the gospel, that is the good news that you and I hold fast to. Now Jesus said, in this world you will have sorrow, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And we have sorrow and we have joy in this life. But we need to know that Jesus has overcome this world. So yes, we get many toys to play with and many great things, but there's also sorrow. Jesus was not unfamiliar with pain. He was not unfamiliar with suffering. He knew temptation, he knew sorrow, he knew fear. He experienced rejection, he experienced loss. And yet Jesus did that all because he loved us. He went to the cross. He took all our sin, all our shame, all our sorrow on the cross. He bore the weight of our guilt and our punishment. He knew what it was like to be separated from his father. And he did that because he took our sins. And so because of that, because of the finished work on the cross, because of what he accomplished, we have been adopted into a family. And God puts us in families. The Green family and the Wiley family. And it's wonderful to see Many, many years of walking together as as families. But the greatest family we ever get put into is the family of God. And that's what Jesus did for us. He put us, when we put our hearts and our lives and we, and we put our trust in Him, He puts us into, into a new family, the family of God. And so all God's promises in the scripture are for us. And we need to rejoice. We need to rejoice in that, that 
the life we live here, although short, if we walk with Him, if we walk in Him, there's a joy in the pain. There's a joy in the sorrow. And He promises to comfort you. He promises to comfort you. Liz and Jen and Amber. Colin will always be missed. But we do know that one day we will be with him. Sooner than we think. And so let's just know that Psalm 23, those last words, surely goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Colin dwells in the house of the Lord. No pain, no suffering, no sickness. Just to be with our Lord and Savior is all we really want. I know Jonathan Leach, the pastor, the pastor here who is one, one year, I think, behind, one or two years behind Colin, is very jealous. He's very jealous because he always says, it doesn't say in the scriptures, it is better to go and be with the Lord. It says in the scriptures, it is far better. And so, we just pray the comfort and the blessing of the Lord on, on you too. And Steve's going to close again. He's going to come with some thank yous. My Auntie Liz wanted me to say a couple of special thank yous. The last little road um, with Uncle Cole was a bit of a bumpy ride. And uh, Auntie Liz wants to acknowledge certain people. First of all, to everybody for actually being here today, especially those from the Valley Trust who have come to support her, her old work colleagues, and those from Eskom who have come to support Jen. Thank you for being here today. Especially Craig for hiking it down from Josie. Yeah, we do come from Josie. There are people there. And Linda, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, on my list. It's on my list. <laughs> A very special thanks to Mum, Sue, and the family for all the support. Also to Avril, who has been a, a fellow guardian at the bedside and supporting the family. Okay, this one's going to sound strange. A very special thanks to Al for all the visits and support that you gave Colin towards the end, and also for all the other times as well. To Belinda for the wonderful food we will have in a minute, and also to Andrew Carr for helping in setting everything up. When you go through, there's a fantastic banner with a whole bunch of pictures of Colin's life. That's been put together by Hillary. And the family want to say a very special thank you to you for that. There have been a number of messages from 
of support from around the world. From around the country, we've mentioned, but from around the world, Conlon and has been remembered and fondly so to the family. From as far afield as Australia, so it was an international event. Abu Dhabi, Dubai, messages have come in from Spain, a number of messages from the United Kingdom, some from France, and some from Turkey. But one message arrived, and we're going to play it for you now, Auntie Liz. Hey, Uncle Cole. How's it, mate? How are you doing? I guess it's true of all of us that we, we're all the company we keep and that uh, being loved is something we take for granted when it happens as easily as it did for us as kids. And as you get older, you know, you learn what's special and what's not. And being loved in our house, when I say our house, I mean both AJ and mine, and I talk for both of us. But being loved there was a given. But the truth is that that, that is not always normal. And that even amongst lucky folks, we were lucky. And perhaps we all it looked like we took it for granted or that it happened in every family, but that's not the case. And thanks for all the years, Uncle Cole. Thanks for the joyrides on the motorbike as kids and, uh, and for the uh, naughty rides in the Rover when it arrived all shiny and after we did the hubcaps. And thanks for those very, very special days out on the dam at Wagon Drift, just, uh, just doing our thing. It was so special. And if I, if I reach out, it, it feels like yesterday. These are the things that, that shaped and, and molded our lives and who we are and, and, and who we became. And, and then as much as that's true, whether you realize it at the time or or you realize when, you, when you're forced to think about it, which is what you've, you've done to us now. But from both Alex and myself, thank you so much, Uncle Carl, for that very, very special time in our lives. And for being someone who went a long way too to make us feel loved. And make us feel incorporated and part of, of something that was bigger than the sum of its parts. And I pray now that, on, that those things are not lost on Jen and, and Auntie Liz, especially now as no doubt we go through some very tough times in the, in the short term. But then too, I guess we can consider the fact that, and be grateful, for the fact that you were around for so very long um, and that uh, that there was uh, all those extra years for for us and for you most particularly a very special blessing Uncle Carl 
And uh, a special, special word to you, Auntie Liz. I don't know. Uh, I just don't know how you do it. And um, I couldn't have done better. I don't think any of us choosing another mom. And um, it just, uh, just a special prayer for you, Auntie Liz. I, I pray for your strength and and. Um, just, just a special thought for you, and God bless you, Auntie Liz, and thank you for everything. Let's stand, and we're going to sing, The Lord's My Shepherd. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we commend Colin to the mercy of God, our Maker and our Redeemer. We commit Colin's body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes. And we commend him to the just and merciful judgment of him alone who has perfect understanding, even our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are the shepherd of our souls and that you comfort us and that you lead us. And I pray for your continued leading and guiding of Liz and Jen that they would find their comfort in you and their joy in you so let's sing let's sing the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want the Lord is my shepherd
Thank you all for coming. Go with the shalom of God, the peace of God. Amen. There's something to eat through there. Don't forget to look at the, the big banner. And Greg, if you can put the photos up again, just as people are going, they can see the photos of Colin. Bless you.